Take your Bibles, if you would, and let's open the Word of God to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2 this morning, we're going to begin reading in verse 1, and we'll read down through verse 12. As our custom is, in just a moment, when you've found your place, we'll stand for the reading of God's Word. We'll have prayer first, and then we'll begin reading in verse 1 of Matthew chapter 2. All right, so when you've found your place, let's stand together. And we'll begin with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Father, how we thank you today for the privilege to gather and to fellowship. Lord, to be reminded of the wonderful message of Christmas. Lord, it gives meaning to our holiday, to our celebration. And it truly turns it into a time of worship for us. And Lord, so that in all that we do in this season, I pray that it would bring honor and glory to your name. I pray that it would lift up the name of Jesus and the reason he came. And I pray, Lord, that it would send that message forth to others around us as a constant reminder that God loves us and that He sent His Son to die on the cross that we might be saved. Lord, thank You for all of these things. And we pray, Lord, that You would fill our Christmas celebration with Your presence and help us as we spread Your message. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Matthew chapter 2, look at verse 1. The Bible says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently, what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. I want you to notice verse 1, if you will. The Bible says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men. And I want us to consider this morning, why does the Bible call these men wise? And I want to preach a message that I've entitled, The Ways of the Wise. Thank you so much. You may be seated. The Ways of the Wise. 
let us con- consider this morning why God called these men wise and then do likewise so that we too may be wise. We can certainly learn something from these men who followed from afar off. They found Jesus and the Bible says they worshipped Him. Isn't that significant? We find so many, especially in our area, that misplace their worship for today and this time of year, as all year round, they seem to be worshiping her. When the Bible says plainly, these men worshiped him. What a truth. And we want to see why God called these men wise. As we look in this passage of Scripture, we see that they certainly were wise. There are several pieces of evidence that point to the wisdom of these men, uh, and we want to see what they are. First of all, I want you to notice in verse 2, the Bible says that these men came from the east saying, Where is he that was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Well, this tells us a lot about these men. First of all, we notice that they came from afar. Here are these men, they are wise And and the first thing we see in them is they have an awareness of the times. They know what is going on in the world, and they came seeking Jesus. They knew, because of the prophecies, that this king would be born, and they had been watching for his birth. They not only were watching, but they were traveling. They were coming to see him, and we noticed that they came from afar. They were moved. They were motivated. Uh, these men were very interested in seeking Jesus. You know, there's a lot, a lot of things we miss, and this can be one of them if we're not careful. This is a great season. It's a great time of year. It's a, it's a time of talking about the nativity and Jesus being born. But you know, there's a lot of times that, that we, we, we miss the mark, and at Christmas, we can miss the mark. We can get all wrapped up in the gifts and the decorations, and the festivities, and all of the things that happened this year. But mark it down this morning. You don't want to be one who is found seeking them. You want to be found seeking Him. The wise men were found seeking Him. They came from afar. They were seeking the Lord. Not only that, they inquired of Herod. You know, they, they had pretty good directional skills, and they, they had the star to follow, but they didn't mind stopping and asking directions. They didn't mind getting counsel from others. And you know, those who are seeking truth, those who are seeking God, this is uh, one of the, the characteristics that they have, is that they, they're willing to ask advice. They're willing to seek counsel. You know, you don't get wisdom all by yourself. You get wisdom from God and you get it from others. And when we close ourselves off as a wall unto ourselves, and when we refuse to take advice and we refuse to ask counsel, hey friend, that does not make us wise. They were wise because they were willing to inquire. They inquired of Herod. They followed the star. We see that there. They followed the star. This was God's directional instrument for them. The Bible says the star moved until it came over the place where the child was. And we find that they were willing to follow. 
You know, it's often been said you can't be a great leader until first you learn to follow. And that is certainly true. If you don't know how to follow, how can you lead? Because as a leader, you have to teach others how to follow. And you can't teach what you don't know. And it is certainly true, the wise men were followers of Jesus. They came seeking Him. And then lastly, I want you to see, under this idea of seeking Jesus, that they worshipped Him. They worshipped the Lord Jesus. And uh, they came to Him. They understood that He came to provide salvation to us. And they worshipped Him. Isn't that good? Well, we need to understand as we think about salvation, as we think about the nativity in this time of year, what Jesus brought to us, that He brought the gift of God. He brought salvation. But you know, some people think of salvation as just being saved from hell. They kind of look at it as a, a little bit of fire insurance. But God had so much more in mind for us than just fire insurance. When He sent Jesus to be our Savior, God gave us the true gift of salvation which included freedom and purpose and life abundantly. Our salvation includes our past, our present, and indeed our future. Jesus came to save you from something. But He also came to save you for something. And It just seems that so many Christians miss that part. They're thankful for the past of what God saved them from, but learn and understand that God saved you for something. And also Jesus saved you by something. The grace and mercy of God, the unconditional love of the Lord. The Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Let us be truly honest this morning, and all of us recognize one simple thing. When Jesus saved us, He saved you, from you. And it's true of me. He saved me from me. You know, we are truly our worst enemy. Somebody said, if you want to see your worst enemy, just look in the mirror. You are the one that gives yourself most of the problem. Isn't that true so often in our lives? Someone said it uh, like this. They said, even when other people cause you problems, your natural response often makes it worse. You trip up yourself far more often than you realize or would like to admit. If you're honest with yourself, you'll admit that you have habits you can't break, thoughts that you don't want, emotions that you don't like, insecurities and fears that you cannot hide, and regrets and resentments that you can't let go of. And you say things that you later wish you had never said. Frankly, you are the problem with you. And if change is going to happen, it must happen in your heart. And that's exactly where Jesus begins, isn't it? Jesus takes the worst of us, and He begins there. You know, that's why it's such irony when people say, well, I, I, let me get my life straightened out, and then I'm going to start going to church. You know, let me get, let me get things fixed, and then I'm going to come to Jesus. No, 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 friend, you got it all wrong. You cannot get things fixed without Jesus. You come to Him and He fixes those things. That's the way the Bible says that it works. Because of our sin, we need a Savior and we need someone who can do in us what we cannot do for ourselves. 
We cannot wash away our sins. We cannot fix our brokenness. Only Jesus can do that. And that's why God sent Him in the first place. These men were wise because they came seeking Jesus. You know, in order for them to seek Jesus, they had to understand their need. And they certainly did. These men were wise because they recognized Jesus for who He was. And they worshipped Him. Hey, I want to ask you this morning, are you wise? Do you recognize Jesus for who He is? And do you worship Him as such this morning? Hey, don't be deceived by the nativity and the little babe in the manger. Jesus is not a baby anymore. And don't be deceived by what happened later with Christ's death on the cross. Because Jesus is not on the cross anymore. Three days later, He rose and there's an empty tomb marking the fact that He lives forevermore. Jesus is alive today, not as a baby, not as a a martyr, but He's alive today as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Savior of all the earth. Do we recognize Him for who He is? You know, some in the world today, they just say, well, He was a good teacher. He was a prophet. He was a righteous man. But the soldier who stood by watching Him be crucified said, truly, this was the Son of God. He recognized Him for who He was. Do you? You know, you you can't be saved without that. It starts there, doesn't it? It starts with us understanding who He was, understanding who we are, and why we need a Savior. The Bible says we need a Savior because there's none righteous, no, not one. Most people are willing to admit, hey, preacher, I, I know I'm not perfect. That's good because the Bible says that. But that's not all it says. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So not only are we not perfect, but guess what? We're guilty. Guilty as charged. God wrote a book to tell us what was wrong with us so that He could tell us how to get right. What's wrong with us is our sinful nature. We're not sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. And Jesus came to fix that. He came to fix and to heal what was broken in us. He came to save us from ourselves and from our sins and from the consequences of sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And and there are, if you know the Bible, you know the Scriptures, you know there's a second death. If we die in our sins, we die without Jesus. We will experience the second death, which the Bible describes as the lake of fire, which burns with brimstone. Jesus came to save us from all of that. But that's just the beginning. And you can't really worship Him without knowing Him for who He is. He's the Savior. And that's what makes this most wonderful time of year so wonderful, that Jesus came to save us from all of that. And He gives us hope in this life and hope beyond the grave. We have hope in Christ that we would have no other way. The wise men recognized Jesus for who He was. 
and they worshipped him. But not only that, did you know the wise men came, not only seeking Jesus, but the wise men came sacrificing. They came giving gifts. And hey, listen, these weren't white elephant gifts. Hey, they came with their best. They, the Bible says they opened their treasures. Did you notice that? And, and they gave to him what? What kind of gifts? Gold, frankincense, which, is, which was a precious spice, and myrrh, these ointments. Listen, they, they brought their best to Jesus because they understood who he was. This was God in the flesh. This was the Savior of the world. This is the one who came to save us all from our sins and from ourselves. Jesus. These gifts were part of their worship. We took an offering a moment ago, and I, I wonder, when we give to the Lord like that, are we giving it as part of our worship? Do we give, like the Bible says, as a cheerful giver? Do we give saying, thank you, God, for everything you've given to me? Here's a portion of it back. Do we give as part of our worship and our wonder of the goodness of God in our lives and, and how He provides for us? We should. That is how we should give. And that's how the wise men gave. They didn't come and give out of obligation. They didn't give these gifts out of duty. They didn't give them in drudgery. There was no regret or remorse in their heart that they gave away their most precious substances. You, you do know that those are most precious. On earth, one of the most valuable things we know is gold. But in heaven, they paved the streets with that. It's just pavement. Think about it. Man offering God the, the best he knows. It was an act of worship. Hey, are you willing to give God your best? Are you willing to worship the Lord? To put Him above yourself and offer to Him the best you have? That's what these wise men did. And because of this act of worship... Because of this sacrificial giving, God referred to these as wise men. You've probably heard the saying that goes like this, wise men still seek Him. It's true. But wise men still sacrifice and they worship in their giving. You know, that ought to be our heart every time the offering is taken. As a matter of fact, we should want to just put the offering down and step into it. You know, Lord, hey, you can have me. Here I am. I give you all of me. Isn't that what he did for us? The wise men did not withhold the best of what they had. They brought wonderful gifts to Jesus. Notice that, that they came with open treasures. They gave as part of their worship. They presented gifts to the Lord. They went, and by the way, this was, they went beyond what was expected. What was expected of these men from the east? Nothing. If they had not come, Mary and Joseph wouldn't have been looking around the corner saying, where are they? They, they weren't expected. They went above and beyond. They traveled to see Him. They came and worshiped Him. They brought gifts. Hey, when we love someone... That's what we do. We go, we go beyond what's expected. 
We show that love and we show that act of worship by doing more than what is expected or required. And that's the way these wise men came to Jesus. And if you and I would be wise this morning, that's the way we should come worshiping Him as well. Going beyond what's expected or required. Doing more than what we're asked to do for Him. They came sacrificing. They were wise because they took the opportunity to give. They went out of their way to be a part of this story. I want you to think about that this Christmas. There's a lot of times that opportunity comes to us. By the way, this isn't just a Christmas point. This this is something you can carry with you into the next year. 2024 can be better than 2023 if you do this. Take the opportunities that God gives you to make a difference for Him. Take the opportunities that God gives you to do special things. Take the opportunities that you have to give or to do something or to serve the Lord. God will give them to you. But you know what happens to us often? Is that on our journey, while we're living life, opportunities come up and you know what we do? We say, well, not not now. I'm I'm busy. Hey, I'm on my way somewhere. I don't have time right now. Oh, the Christmas story would be so different if they had said that. But they were wise enough. They, they had enough insight and discernment to see this as a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And they took it. They went out of their way to be here and do this and give these gifts. They stopped everything else. And you know, it's what you have to do. Jesus told a story one day about a man we all admire. And the reason we admire this man is because he stopped what he was doing and he went out of his way to help someone. We know him as the Good Samaritan. The Bible says, as he journeyed, he was on a mission. He was busy. He had something to do, a purpose to fulfill. But along the way, an opportunity came up. And he came across this man who was found half dead. The other two that passed this way continued on their journey. They did not stop to help the man. But the Good Samaritan saw that this was an opportunity. Opportunities like this you don't get every day. And the Bible says he went to where he was. And he picked him up and he treated his wounds and he took him to the inn. He spent the night with the man and left money with the innkeeper to continue his care. So that tells me he took a day and a night out of his schedule to do this and help this man. And I wonder, I wonder about us. Do we miss opportunities to worship God, to serve the Lord? Do we miss opportunities that God drops along our path because we're we're just too busy? Well, I know Christmas time is a busy time. 
And I know it's a time when, when this could certainly happen and we could miss some things. Really, really, and not even notice if we're not paying attention. There are times when we can stop and speak into somebody's life. There are times when we can get involved in, a, in, in an activity. There are times when we can attend something and be there in a way that God uses if we're paying attention. And when the wise men saw what was happening in the world, they said, ah, oh, this is our moment. Let's go. You know, I think if they had been, <laughs> if they had been in today's world, they would have been a committee. <laughs> and they would have been saying, well, how much is it going to cost? Well, you know, I don't know if we can do, how far away is it? Where exactly are we going? Hey, we've never done that before. I don't think we should go because we've never taken a trip over there before. You know how dangerous it is on the road. We could be robbed. Sound familiar? Someone said the seven last words of a church are, we've never done it that way before. <laughs> God help us. You know, if we're going to be wise, isn't it true? We have, to, we have to be willing to see the opportunities that God gives us. And we have to meet them in the moment. Or they're gone. You know, the wise men could have been absent from the nativity. Actually, they were. <laughs> if you really study the text, Jesus was about two years old at this time. And I purposely stopped in verse 12, but if you read the next verses, you find that Herod later went in there and slaughtered all the kids, two years old and under. Why did he do that? Because he was insanely jealous of anyone else who would be called a king. He couldn't stand the fact that a Jews would have a king in his jurisdiction. He had to do something about that. Power went to his head. We've never seen that before, huh? Power makes people do crazy things. I mean really crazy things. Remember that next time you go to the voting booth. Don't put people in office who are in love with power because they will do crazy things. Isn't that something? Hey, a great Bible lesson, and we're talking about Christmas. But the wise men are remembered this time of year, and that's the reason that they're included in the nativity set, not because, not because they were there in the manger, in the birth at the end, you know, out in the stable where he was actually born. They weren't there at that moment. They came later. But they're still remembered, and the reason why they're included in the nativity is because they rose to the occasion, and they saw the opportunity, and they went to meet it in the moment. And because of that, they are forever burned into the memory of those who reflect on the Christmas story. And in an effort to include them, they're always included in the nativity scene. Isn't that something? 
There were two years of time span apart. But it shows the level of recognition. It shows the level of significance that their coming brought to the story. And you know, sometimes you don't know the level of significance of the opportunity that God gives you in your life that crosses your path on, on, a, on a daily basis. You may not know the level of significance unless you're really paying attention, unless you really understand how God works. Then if you're wise, you'll put some things on hold and you'll seize the moment. None of us are perfect at this. And I'm sure the wise men themselves probably missed other opportunities in their lifetime, but this one they did not miss. And you and I should determine by the grace of God there are opportunities that we will not miss because we will be mindful and present. We will be aware of what God is doing and trying to be conscious of those opportunities that He lays in our path. We will meet them in the moment. May God help us do that. This is one of the reasons they were considered to be wise. Because they took the opportunity to worship God. They went out of their way to do this. They saw the significance of this moment. You know, I imagine God, God has desires to use us. God wants to use you. I read recently a statement that, that kind of resonated in my mind as I read it. That God will use you if you let Him. That's a powerful truth. Do you know God will use you if you let Him? The wise men did. They just let God use them. And I want you to see number three, there's another reason why the wise men were considered to be wise. I want you to look at how they came. They came to the Lord Jesus with a heart of surrender. They came surrendering their plans to God. You know, we often come to the Lord and we often make decisions and we often dedicate ourselves to God's purpose or maybe His service. But I'm afraid sometimes we don't do it with a heart that is surrendering to the Lord. And when we fail here, we really hinder what God wants. You know, what we want is we want to worship God our way. We want to serve God on our terms. We want to do it at our convenience. But if you understand this story, that's not how God works. Most of the time, it's not going to feel convenient. Most of the time, it's not going to come on your terms. And it seems like Almost all the time. It's almost never your way. Doesn't the Bible say something about that in the book of Isaiah? Where God said, For my ways are not your ways, saith the Lord, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. He said, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We have to yield 
to God who knows much better than we. And we have to be willing to surrender our will, our plans, our terms, and our ways if He's going to use us for good. Now, I know the wise men came surrendering. You say, how do you know that? Well, I know because they stopped everything they were doing. I know that because they were willing to follow the star. They didn't know where the star was going to lead them to. It wasn't convenient. They weren't in control. It wasn't on their terms. They didn't have it all figured out. They didn't have the answers. They just knew what was happening and they followed. They were willing to follow. That's what surrender is. Have you ever truly surrendered your heart, your life to the Lord? Have you ever just said, Lord, I will follow I have decided to follow Jesus. That's a big deal. And the wise men, the wise men made that decision. It's part of what made them wise. They just surrendered to the Lord and they were willing to do what he said. I want you to think about their encounter with Herod. You know, they didn't fellowship with the enemy. You know, when they talked to Herod, they realized uh, something's off here. This guy is the king of the land, but he doesn't know the king of kings. Can you recognize when people don't know Jesus? When they're leading contrary to the will of God? When their ways don't line up with His ways? And Herod said to them, hey, that's great. He said, you go find the child and then come back and tell me where he is so I can come worship him too. He was being totally deceptive. He didn't want to worship Jesus. He wanted to kill Jesus. Now, he didn't say that. The wise men didn't know he was thinking that, but I'm sure they knew something just doesn't quite fit here. Why doesn't he, if he's on, if he's on Jesus' side, why doesn't he know where he is? So, they go and worship Jesus. And then notice what God, God gives them a warning. Don't go back to Herod. Herod will seek his life. And he told the wise men to go home another way. You know, travel in these days were, were difficult. And they were already familiar with the path to get there. It would have been very easy to go back that way. It would have been convenient to go back the same way because they were already familiar with the trail. But because of God's words, they went home another way, the Bible says. Again, pointing to their surrender. They, they didn't demand everything be at their convenience, on their terms. They simply followed the directions God gave them, and the Bible says they went home another way. Would you do that? And I like how the Scripture tells us that they were warned of God. And I want to focus on that just for a moment. And I want you to see that, that these men, they responded quickly and completely to the Word of God. Now in that day, of course, God spoke to them through a dream. And in the Old Testament times, sometimes God spoke to people audibly or maybe an angel appeared to them. Those are rare things. That doesn't happen anymore. And you may be wondering, why? Why doesn't God do that? Well, because we have a Bible now. Because we know the Word of God and we know the will of God. We know His plan in the world. And we can get all of our information and our direction from this book. God gave us this to confirm His will. 
So we don't need an encounter. We don't need an experience. There are a lot of people who elevate their experience above the Bible. They put more confidence in what they think and what they feel than what the Bible says. But God called these men wise. And one of the reasons God said they were wise is because they heeded the words and the warnings of God. You know why some even professing Christians go through their life and they never change? I'm going to tell you why. Because they do not heed this book right here. They do not heed the words and the warnings of God. We must. We must. What would have happened if they had failed to obey the Lord? Look around at life around us and and you can see what happens when people fail to obey the Lord and to do what He says. Life is a mess. People are hurt and devastated when we don't obey what God says. Isn't that true? These men were wise because they heeded God's words and His warnings. You know what's very sad is that a lot of Christians, they don't even know what the words are. The only way to know what the words are of God is to read this book. I want to ask you something. As we stand here on the threshold of Christmas, we're one week away, and right after that, the end of the year and the beginning of a new one. I want to invite you this morning to turn around and look back just for a second. The way you would look in your rearview mirror, just for a second. I want to ask you a question. How much have you read God's Word this year? I'm not asking how much time or how many verses, but I'm just asking you the frequency of it. How much much of God's Word? How how often did did you try to dip into this book a little and get God's guidance, get God's thoughts, get God's words for your day? You know, we get caught up on things, and I want to remind you, it doesn't have to be long, and it doesn't have to be elaborate. It's not that we have to read five chapters a day. I mean, if you want to read the whole book, you do, you know, in a year. But more important than that is the fact that you just get in this book, that you just seek God's wisdom, that you put Him first enough to to just look for His guidance, to just find out what He said. What are the words? What are the warnings of God? Well, if we don't ever hear them, we can't do them. It's sad, isn't it? That many Christians miss out on the will of God because they, because they don't get in the Word of God. They miss the Word, and therefore they miss His will. Hey, don't be one of those. Be like the wise men. The wise men were quick and complete to obey the Word of God. Hey, they didn't hesitate. They did exactly what God said. I want to ask you a question this morning. Are you willing to live your life the way God said? Are you willing to do things in life because God said so? I wonder if the wise men would have sat around, had a little meeting along the way. I wonder if if you could be a fly on the wall in that meeting. I wonder if they would have said what what people today 
say. I wonder if they would have had a little complaining time. You know, man, this trip sure is long. Man, it sure is hot. How long are we going to be doing this? You know, sometimes we talk ourselves out of God's will instead of talking ourselves into it. Let's not be like that. Let's not complain. Let's not hesitate. Let's be quick to obey the Lord. You see, when we look at this text this morning, we find that God said these men were wise. Why? Well, they were wise because they recognized Jesus for who He was and they worshipped Him. They were wise because they took the opportunity to worship and give. They went out of their way to do this. They were wise because they heeded the words and the warnings of God. And my friend, if you'll do these things, you can be wise as well. These are the ways of the wise this morning. Let's bow for prayer. Father, how we thank you for your precious word. We thank you for this lesson today, this Christmas message about wisdom. And we know from the Bible that wisdom comes from God. And it comes to those who seek God. And so we ask you, Lord, that we might have heavenly wisdom. Because the Bible says there's two kinds. We can have worldly wisdom or we can have godly wisdom. And today, Lord, we seek the Lord and we choose godly wisdom. We would want to know more of your word and we want to heed your warning. So we pray you'll help us, Lord, to be wise in the same way that these men also were wise. May we seek you. May we put you first. May we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.